Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about what else? Another, yes, another Vikings victory. Of course, you know, it had to be the score. Um, <laughs> a comeback in the fourth quarter. Didn't look good there for quite some time. Shut them out 13-0 in that quarter. You know, who knows about the third quarter? They had, like, one good one. But, hey, win is a win, and now that's six in a row. It's been a long time we had six in a row. Times in the last decade. Man, we are going to break it all down. Um, I mean, where do you start? Every which way on offense, defense. Welcome to the Vikings, T.J. Hawkinson, the Hawk. I mean, he fit right in. Cook is snagging one-hand catches. Cousins is getting bruised up, getting hit, delivering. Uh, Jefferson, early and late, was getting it done. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Right on third down for defense. Just a variety. And Hunter. Hunter has really turned up these last three games now. Some of it is them doing kind of a high breath thing. Some of it is having his, you know, hand in the dirt more. Some of it is probably just him getting comfortable. Um, but yeah, man, definitely complimentary football to the max there. Well, not to the max because it was a tight game, right? But we're going to talk it all the way through. Then we are going to preview a game at the Buffalo Bills, which, as we know, we all kind of just chalk this up. As a loss, it's a tough, tough game. Talk it through, preview and predict that. And then if you've listened to the show for a while, you know we always close the show with a Gophers football segment. And, you know, it's looking up and up. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second, though. Just in general, I should say, uh, later in the show. Um, but if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and, and download the show directly there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find uh, this year Vikings podcast under Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, at the Spricker page on Living in Loserville. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the truth.com And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks, which we know is getting harder and harder uh, to do. Uh, the the prices start as low as $49.99 for a limited time for two months. If you go with the choice or ultimate package, that gets you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. Savings of $160. That's direct TV stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, into the fray. Well, another week, another W, man. I mean, this is just uh, – it's not uncharted territory, of course. We've had many uh, great regular season teams uh, since we've been watching the Vikes. But these games are just like, from the outside looking in, people got to just be like, dude, turn that Vikings game on. Let's see what happens. Because these are just, you know, a whole lot going on, uh, both good and bad. Mostly good because we're getting the dub. Another win, six in a row, my friend. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. Six in a row. Um, and by far, to me, this was the most impressive win, although it's tough to say that coming against the Washington Commanders, but I thought they played well, and it was a road game. So I thought, you know, I just like to see the grit. You know, we, you, we've been on this show for, what, five years now, and we've just been saying, yeah, but, you know, this, and, you know, just want to see some grit out of this squad. And, you know, you know, we sometimes we were in blowout games and sometimes blowout losses and stuff, but you just never got the opportunity like they had on Sunday to come out and, and come back from something in a, in a realistic way and against a tough defense, a really good defensive line, show some grit, you know, score 10 points and, and three minutes and get back in the game. You had a lot of adversity. We'll get into that. And referees, we don't know where they're supposed to be in. And uh so it was great to see, man. I, it really builds my confidence in this team. I'm still a little bit on the fences. Like you said, you kind of nailed the caveat. We've had great regular season teams. And uh so it's kind of like, okay, well, kind of seen this before, but it's still great to see seven and one. And it was a huge surprise as, where we went, as we went into the season. Anybody would have thought seven and one, you'd be, you know, wonder what they're smoking. So I think, uh, you know, it was great to see this team, and it seems like the vibe has changed. It seems like uh, you can start to maybe trust this team and the ability to uh, overcome adversity and, and eke out a win. Yeah, you're right. And we said it last week, we said it during the bye week, that we're going to start losing these close games. I mean, that's just it's just going to happen. There's just no doubt about it. But being in this amount of them the last two years, last three years actually go back to 2020, but we know 14 of them last year, to already have six wins in one-score games. And sure, you could say two of them maybe shouldn't have if, you know, things go a little different, like an extra point or whatever, but they were. That's just how it was. And we were 6-8 and eight total last year. So to already get the wins like that, um, it does bode well for the big games, for the playoff games, especially if they're at home. Um, it really does. They, they, they just have that confidence, and they keep talking about the sidelines, how it's, it's calm. When, when, you know, when it's bad, it's very calm, and they're not freaking out, and they're just so used to it, and now they're getting that confidence. And like you said, the vibe, the laid back, you know, I mean, just, just, just the, the, the road game wins. Know, playoff or not playoff, but plane rides home. Uh, it's just completely different. I mean, talk about coming out of your shell. It's like our our, our uncle is coming. Our, our dad is coming out. Our Cole's model here is coming out of his shell. And Big Draco, I mean Kirko, um, doing his thing. You're right though. It is just a different type of energy. Whether it's guys that have been here for several years. Or some newcomers that have come in. Pat P's been a big thing. Zadarius has been huge. So, yeah, they're just all blending together. And another thing that wasn't surprising was, of course, the first opening drive. You know, we uh, yeah. whether it's scripted or not, um, we generally do pretty good. It was kind of funny, though. First drive, first catch, 19 yards for uh, our guy TJ. That's the longest tight end pickup of the year so far right away that's crazy that is crazy you know this game had all kinds of angles you know it was like if you're a minnesota fan you can't expect the national media to pick up on some of these angles because they're pretty subtle but tyler heineke's a minnesota angle uh ben st juiced 
that's a Minnesota angle. So, you, you know, it just kind of had a little bit of everything going on, you know, in the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, scripted plays we've gone over before. Is like, can we script the whole game? Can we? I mean, cause it just seems like we're lights out when you get a good script going. But, you know, that was even back to like the, the, the Kubiaks, you know, they scripted up yeah, and we'd, no, you're right. we'd go That's right down the field with it. So yeah, they came out like just lights out right down the field. Great, great game plan. And, you know, I just think the offensive line had a little bit of trouble with those guys on the defensive line. They didn't have Chase Young. If they would have had that, probably just switch the game exactly. But uh, those interior guys, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> we had the same problem. It's not as bad, Chris. We're league average now. But, uh, yeah, it's rough against those big guys, and it kind of showed itself uh, in, in drives after that first one. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like you said, man, if they had Chase Young on the, off the edge, man, that, I mean, boy, they had one dude off the edge already, but, man. Yeah, that was a little intense, but Hawk got into it. I think I think three catches for, for Jefferson, I believe, in that first drive. Made a great catch, uh, I think, on a, on a first down play. One was off a of play action. One was a back shoulder um, catch on a third and one. Um, Cousins is like five and five on there uh, for the you know for the um, for the drive and, and and Jefferson in the end zone made a phenomenal catch too. It's basically like all right, it's one on one. Seems like any time, almost any time, JJ has one on one because as we know, it doesn't happen until you know. It's just like go to him right now, and he made a great, great, great play there to get up seven zip. And you know it was a back and forth game. We talked about off air that the defense, you know, in the first half did play damn pretty damn good. And overall, especially for like you know the passing, if you look at it, take away that one play, which you can't, but we probably should. Um, beyond some running plays that they got from a variety of uh, you know players, I think three different players with a fair amount of carries. Um, the defense did really, really good. Um, Kendricks prevented a, a like a, what would have been a first down with a really nice tackle. Um, Payne got in there past Ed Ingram when our, on our second one. We, we lost like 10 yards on three plays. Tight end screen went nowhere. Um, got the They got the ball back. Had a nice run um, by Samuel, uh, but Hunter got a sack on third and six and in for Heineke to, to run on third and six, like it looked like a planned third and six at half field. That was a little, that was a little weird. Um, but yeah, back and forth kind of you punt, I'll punt. We'll hit your quarterback. I'll hit your quarterback. A lot of batted balls on both sides, especially Tonga and the Darius. I think he got at least one. Um, but yeah, we get a first down. There was this, there was this drive that was like six plays, 36 yards. Cook got a nice first down run. Then back-to-back incompletions. Thielen dropped the ball uh, in a, on third down. The ball was, you know, knocked down, batted down. And so it was kind of kind of back and forth there. We had another three and out. You know, it wasn't – I think McLaren had a few catches, got that field goal. They did force a field goal, though. Um once again, we were in that same spot. We're not coming up with points the last, like, I think three out of the last four, four games at the end of the quarter. But I did like within 31 seconds to go five plays. Hawk Thielen made a great catch. Uh, that's where Bradbury went down with the ankle injury. Um, we had a one-on-one. We decided to go for it. Um, you know, 
could say was P.I. on our guy from the Gophers. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it looked like Jefferson pushed a little bit first, but then there was clearly he was holding one of his arms, couldn't come down with it. But once again, I like the aggressiveness, the aggressiveness uh, Aaron. 31 seconds to move the ball five plays. I'll take it. I know we didn't get points, but, hey, it's a, it, it's a we're seeing this major change from recent years of run, run, pass, let's hold the lead. It's so much different than, you know, 31 seconds left. Let's take a knee and get into the locker room. You know, it's, it's just not – the aggressiveness is nice. I mean, especially when you get points out of it. And, you know, I thought offensively all day it was just a pressure situation. Is I think that's really what – got to our offense is just couldn't contain those guys up front and they were running stunts and doing the things that they do and just had wasn't able to adjust Cleveland had a bad day you know uh, Ingram's still coming along I still got faith in him but you know it's been it's been pretty rough and then Bradbury had another one of those turnaround blocks it's like no you, you probably <laughs> probably want to block him with you know in front of him as opposed way, to yeah. behind him <laughs> but uh you know overall you can't get on him's case too much. He's held up pretty well this year, but those big guys still push him around. But I think that's really it. He couldn't run the ball very well in the first half and even in the beginning of the second half. And it was just one of those days where it's going to be, you know, like it was a punt fest for a while. And like you said, you know, we, we weren't getting points, but thank God for the defense. We weren't giving them up either. And uh, they've got some talented guys over there in Washington. They could have really lit us up if our defense wasn't playing well, but I really think defense is coming along and, and starting to uh, adapt uh, to the system. And you got vets, Chris. I mean, sooner or later yeah. they're going to get it. You know, Harrison got another pick and doing his thing. Kendricks is getting the feel. Hicks has been great. He's been getting a lot of a lot of flack, but I don't understand why anybody gives Hicks flack. Uh, he's been pretty steady middle linebacker there. And now, you know, like you said, Hunter's coming along now. And uh, so the defense is picking up. I think I saw the stat that we have the uh the top pass rush tandem in the league now i think that's only with pressures and it's definitely yeah. just the two outside linebackers it's not definitely not the inside there and we're sure missed uh, delvin tomlinson on something mm. i think that came down to the the, the the chunk yards on the running game you're right that's a good call okay so seven to three at half Kind of like, damn, we should have cashed it at the end there, but I like the aggressiveness like we were talking about because um, usually it's been a missed field goal. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, it's different. You know, I'll take my chances one-on-one uh, with Jefferson any day. Um, then what the fuck happened? Okay. Okay. So <laughs> they had uh, 149 yards passing. Okay. 50 of them. We're on a bomb, okay, from from Heineke. It was a good, good throw for him. I'm, well, not really. But um, no. it wasn't. It was a punt. Fest. It was basically a punt. He just heaved it. Take, yeah. take us through what the hell happened. I, I, I'm still shook on why and where the – why were you there in the first place? I mean, that's the point. And also, like, you know, there's got to be something for that. Anyways, uh, what was it, third and something, and Heineke was under pressure. And he chucked up a ball. I think he thought he could get Samuel, but I don't think he saw it behind him back there. And we're looking at the ball coming down, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's three guys, three Vikings around Samuel. And all of a sudden one hits the ground, and uh, Samuel gets the ball. 
uh, catches it and falls down. Nobody touches him, rolls into the end zone, touchdown. In the meantime, there's a, a mysterious referee uh, right around the five-yard line who apparently got confused and then panicked and ran right into Bynum or, or vice versa, got in Bynum's way, pretty much a, a legal pick, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> Bynum goes down, and we're thinking, what the hell is that? Now, officially, the official word is that the referee is part of the uh, field of play, quote, unquote. But, I mean, we're, they go to – even the announcers were like, we'll be able to go to New York and see what's going on there. I mean, right. I, I'd rather go inside that ref's phone and try to find out what's going on there because it, and that was just the weirdest thing. And like you said, the biggest takeaway of that is what is he doing there in the first place? Why is he there? Yeah, how are you going to look at the play right there? It just He wasn't backpedaling. I could understand backpedal, you know? Right. Yep. Okay, then you're backpedaling. You can't really see anything, but he was not. He was, you know, facing basically towards Bynum. He could have avoided him. I think he tried to somewhat. But, yeah, it was yeah, one of those Viking plays. Just one of those Viking plays that go down. Like, just we were talking about how deep in the rule book that us Viking fans are with just these weird anomalies that keep happening. And, and this is another one. I mean, he didn't make a football move. He doesn't have cleats on. He doesn't have shoulder pads. Well, what are you doing right there? It just, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. It's got to be a dead ball. That's got to be just let him run it back. You know, we're not saying that our guy was for sure going to intercept it. We know most guys on the defensive end don't have – or defensive side – doesn't have good hands. We get that. We're not saying it should be a pick, but there's no fucking way that that should be a touchdown. They gotta, they gotta change that rule. But that that was funky, dude. It's ten to seven, and uh, you're like, okay, okay, no problem, no problem. Um, it was third and eleven on the next drive. We got six plays out of it, but on third and eleven, Osborne dropped a pass. It's kind of in between. It was one of those. He dropped another one. But this one was more. I think it was probably the cornerback that that play, you know had a nice PBU. They had like seven of them, so I wouldn't really blame that one fully on Osborne. Um, but and here's the killer, and this is why we had what was it nine nine plays for 13 yards in the third quarter. That's what we had, and here's why: because their next drive they had a now they didn't they turned it over on downs. Great play by Evans, uh, you know, great coverage and everything like that, but. They they drew drove the ball for six minutes and then their next drive was over five minutes so that just eats it right up. We had a three and out uh, on the next one deep ball to JJ. That's actually the one I think uh, he had to adjust because it was underthrown. But it definitely was. He even said it after that that I should have caught that. No, he had to adjust. But that you know it we, it was kind of whether it's blocking or overthrow or drop or what we had like five drops which is not. This is kind of like, it felt like Philly there for a second with the drops, but you know it was back and forth. And hey, our defense you know was hanging in there, um, but then on a third and two, he, oh boy, the former freaking uh, Vikings backup gets out of the pocket, and uh, the receiver comes back to him, makes a really nice play. He did that little spin move on Kendricks for a first down. Um, I think on the third, that's what it was, a third and ten, Zedarius had the sack, but he accidentally did grab just the, his thumb got into that face mask. And it was barely, but it, it, it technically was was true, you know. 
Um, and then they got a touchdown pass on a really good route. And now here we are sitting here, Aaron, at, you know, 17 to 7 with um, not a ton of time left in the game. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, there's 11 minutes left or under 10 minutes. I think it was a little over 10 minutes left, 17 to 7. Um, it wasn't looking good. I, I remember I, I wrote this down because it was like, oh, shit, Cook are, you know, keeps losing yards in the first play. Boom, uh, lost yards. Uh, second play, I think, was like pressure found a home. Um, there was that was the, the the drive. It was kind of a longer drive uh, as far as the amount of plays since we point nine plays. This was a drive. The Saint Juice comes in there, did you know Pi uh, Jefferson? But he took it back. I was like, oh no, oh, okay, it came back, no problem, no problem. But then he comes back when it was first down and got a corner sack. Actually, that's probably the only thing Hawk did wrong. He missed him on that blitz. But um, on third and seven, the deep pass, we got the one-on-one with Jefferson, and it's either going to be on the right side or the left side. You know what I mean? Like that play happens once a fucking game, and they just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And Cousins got drilled, had to, you know, leave the the game for a play. But that was such a a big, big play right there. And then, like, on a third 13 – Thielen got shoestring tackled. That was where he he hit the ground, but the, you know the ground can't cause the fumble. So they did end up that saved a touchdown or at least a first down on that tackle. But they ended up getting some points. There's okay, so it's 17 to 10 with 11 minutes left. I wrote that down. But that play every game we just wait for it. And the second JJ's open on that play, or if he's not open, whatever, it's one on one. We hit it every week. Yeah, I think it's a nine, that nine route. It's just a, it's just a go. And he, you know, I don't think anybody can cover him. If, if Jair Alexander can't do it and uh, a couple other guys can't do it, I think it's pretty much uncoverable. I think they just, like you said, they sit on it and they wait till they get, okay, we got Jefferson on the outside. They're in man to man. Let's do it, you know? And I think that's how they get, they get that every week. And, and it seems effective. I mean, I just don't know if you throw the ball near Jefferson, he's going to get it. This guy's really crafty in the air with the 50-50 ball. I mean, it's not like he's reaching up for it, too. He somehow gets it in his body. And I don't know. He's very talented. But, uh, yeah, we get that one. But at that point in the game, Chris, it's like, okay, is it too little, too late? You know, you're because you just offensively hadn't done much to think that you're going to, you know, end the scar tissue. So you're just like, ah. Right. And ever since the ref, you know, did what the ref did, it's like, okay, this is not going our way, you know. And But, uh you know, this year it is, and it's it's a pretty amazing thing to watch. Um, you like you said, Kirk's numbers are down, but the wins are up, and there's just a lot of really cool things going on this season. And, and Jefferson uh, getting that ball, and he's made big big plays like that all season, and timely plays um, like that that are necessary. And I just think you know this is a lot of a really good things happening offensively, just to be down all game, you know, not in rhythm, and still be able to bust big plays. Uh, that's a good sign. It really is, man. No doubt about it. And then the complimentary football started coming in. Harrison Smith not only gets the pick, but returns it for 35 yards. For a half a second, I thought he was going to go there when he's cutting back and forth and back and forth. They had the bowling celebration, which was really funny because Hicks was like the last pin and he fell. Um, we definitely lead the league in celebrations when it comes out to our defense, that's for sure. But it was an overthrow, um, you know, just a bad pass. I think uh, – 
Darius got a little pressure there. Harrison got it, and, and we're in great shape. Uh, and it was on the second play. I mean, just a great concept once again uh, in the red zone. Hawk kind of cleared some space. Two guys went on him. Cook made like he was just going to go out. Boom, takes it back. I mean, it was a perfect throw, but even a better catch. One-handed catch by a running back from Florida State, Delvin Cook. That was gorgeous. That was yeah. And Kirk doesn't throw that last year. Uh, I just don't think he would have. Uh, he really had to trust that Delvin could do something with it. He put it there. Um, Delvin's not really known for catching wheel routes, although, you know, you and I both think he should be. Um, but yeah, great play. And, and like I said, it, it took, you know, he's taking more chances on these throws. He's trusting his receivers a little bit more. They just let, get it near them and let them do their job. And, and, and that was really a case in point there. I think Cook was a little surprised too. He's like, okay, hey, that, the ball's right there. I'll catch it. Put up the ball after like, oh shit, I got it. Yeah, and it's like, what a great play. And like I said, necessary play to make and just timely plays. You know, you might not have 300 yards passing. You might not have 120 yards rushing in the fourth. But, you know, when you need to make the play, you make the play. And that's just what we've been begging for for years, man. And and it just seems like up to this point in the season, that's that's what they've been doing. And, you know, I'll sit through two quarters of, of punting for for a fourth quarter like that and a win, you know. Yeah, no kidding. That, that's a good call. And then uh, third and seven, uh, Hunter gets sack his second sack of the day. He probably had his best game. I know that Miami game was pretty, pretty close, but he tackles for loss and pressures the play. Um, and then six minutes, basically. Six-minute drive. They left 12 seconds ultimately. 15 plays. Um, I mean – Cook had two really, really tough runs on a third and one. Jefferson had that end around where he made a nice shoot. Uh, two different plays by TJ uh, to get, you know, first downs. Um, and speaking of rule book, and I'm glad that you said that because you're right, we are experts at the rule book. Because the second that – now, it would have it would have been nice to get the touchdown because it would have been before the two-minute. Might as well get seven more here. No doubt. That's the only thing you could say bad about that drive. Sure, I get that part. But once the penalty kicked in, and we had already – we knew, like you, you mentioned earlier off air, about it was Kendricks. We got that same penalty. So the second it got, you know, called, they started talking about it. It's like, oh, wait, that's a real thing. That is a real thing. I know for a fact because we got called from it, and you reminded me it was Kendricks. Um, was it the Dallas game? There was some, was, I can't remember. I think it was the Dallas game. I think you get you. I think like, you got it. Are you kidding me? Like that? He didn't even do anything. But but that's the rule. So now it came back and paid forward. And and by that time in the fourth quarter, I was caught up with the game. I was about a half hour back, but I was caught up with the game. And people on Twitter are like, "You should still score a touchdown here." You should. I'm like, "What are you talking?" Like once again, I'm all for aggression, but this isn't video game stuff, dude. That's a video game talk, talking to you. you. No, you burn the clock down to 12 seconds, and you pick to 28. Well, I think you're right, but I also think it might not be video game stuff. I think it's no one trusts this kicker. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, so I think it's just get the touchdown and don't put it in, in on the foot of, of that guy. And, 
you know, even me at the end, I was like, are you sure this is the right thing to do? Of course, you know, analytically, football-wise, that's yeah, what you right. do. It lingers. But it just lingers, man. And it's like, okay, well, it's 28 yards, you know, but we're thinking we've missed 26 in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's no yeah, sure thing here when it comes really to – to kicking, so I, you know, like I told you off off mic, I'm like, I just watched that kick going, you know, we're going to overtime, you know, just hanging my hat on the tied score that we're going to go to overtime and, and be pleasantly surprised with a different outcome. But yeah, I think that's mostly what it comes from. But you're right, I think that is the right thing to do in that situation. And I think, you know, I'm not sure uh, the former coach would have done it that way. I think he's probably traumatized by kickers too. But thank God we got KOC. He hasn't seen the kicking problems. Well, true. He has, but he's seen extra points missed. He's seen right, 50 he's yarders, but yet. he's not shattered yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you do. And that's how you close out a ball game. I mean, that's what you do, man. And we were just talking about that Atlanta win a couple of seasons ago where they just ate like six minutes off the clock, didn't score and just ended the game. And this is another one of those things where, you know, you close out the games and I'm just glad to see that there's now some clock management and the aggressiveness at the halves and all the stuff that you want to see. That's just not lazy football. And I'm not saying Mike was lazy football. I think he had his principles. But, you know, 30 seconds left is not the time to to take a knee and go into the halftime. So, you know, you can get something done in 30 seconds. And uh, they they did. And and they left 12 seconds on the clock, which is, you know, if you're playing Rodgers or or somebody else, the old Rodgers, because we can get into the whole new Rodgers. There's all kinds of speculation going on there. There's a new Rodgers and a new Kirko, baby. Yeah, and so I thought it was the right thing to do. I'm glad he made the kick because it'd be a whole different conversation if he hadn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, overall, let's start with the defense because they did only give up 17 points. We'll give them a field goal on that drive too, but you know they were. Um, third and ten on third downs, they got seven hits on the QB, uh, six tackles for losses. Uh, I mean, they really seven PBUs. I mean, it was it was effective for most of the game. Um, and just you know, Sedarius didn't have uh, a sack. But he had like nine pressures or something like. He still, I think, had the most pressures. Like he still was all over the place, knocking balls down, doing his thing. I mean, this guy is just in the most positive way a maniac. I mean, this guy is just all over the place. He leads the league now with 46 pressures. Um, and, and what more can you say? But Hunter, I mean, two sacks, seven. Tackles, two tackles for loss, and like I said, they have made since that in that Miami game. Uh, I forgot the stat, but I think it was like right around half his snaps were got his hand in the dirt. So they have been kind of doing this hybrid stuff where technically they're still in the three four. They haven't done it all the time, but um, it's helping. I mean, it's definitely helping, and. It's just nice to see him come on, um, you know, in these last three, four games because we need him to be a stud. And, and sometimes he does a lot of stuff. We talked about with the double teams. 
bat. You know, he's opening up stuff in the middle. He's opening stuff up for Zedarius. So you still got to love it. But he had a great game, and that's just, you know, that's just really positive. Hicks had 12 tackles like you were talking about. And then the rookie from Missouri, uh, 6'2", buck 98, just throwing that out there. He's got some length on him. Um, Evans stepped up when Cam was out, and it sounds like the way – we'll talk about injuries and stuff in a little bit and, and when we're breaking down the Bills game, but it, it sounds like Cam's likely not going to play this week. So having Evans there making plays, I was pretty impressed, i got to say. Yeah, we were talking last week about uh, corner depth, and I completely, he completely slipped my mind last week. And um, I, I remember that we drafted him. You said he's six two, uh, good corner. He's always every time he's come in, he's he's played fairly well, particularly in in, in tackling on the run. And uh, you know he's 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 young, so he's gonna you know have his things. But I thought he's he's played well so far, and it was a pleasant surprise uh, to see that. I thought. Um, with Evans, but, um, you know, he'd like to have Cam just for a little experience there, but to have a little more depth is nice. And we still, you know, Booth is still persona non grata. We, we don't know what his story is. I kind of looked into it a little bit and I still can't see. I think he's healthy, just not getting on the field. Uh, and when he did earlier, I can't, I don't know if it was in the preseason, but he picked up some penalties. I think it was the preseason. I think they tried to play him. So I don't know what's going on with that, but it'd be nice to have a little bit more depth there, especially with Cam out and, and Pat P's been playing really well. Yeah, so, you know, I think corner depth is good. Um, for now, I mean, obviously you're down to what we just, you know, both in you and I have just decided we don't want to see Chris Boyd in the corner position. We'll see him on special teams, but we don't want to see him in the corner position and special teams. I thought played pretty well, uh, with Dax Milne. Uh, was Zach Wilson's receiver at BYU. He got himself a tutty, but, uh, you know, there wasn't anything we couldn't handle. Maybe Gibson had that nice return. But so far, you know, those special teams have been doing their part uh, this season. And, and more great punts, too, as well, Chris. I thought a few big punts, uh, a couple of them I can think of Nick Wright had in this game where you're supposed to flip the field, but, you know, ended up pushing them back, uh, like, I think one to the 30 or something. So I think overall – like you said, complimentary football, getting the W. You can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, exactly. You're right. And uh, it is funny that that – not funny, I suppose, but kind of random that we were just talking about corner depth and now it pops up. Not to say that his ankle's completely messed up, but he did say it would be a pretty big ask. Uh, you know, basically today the head coach, KO, was like, I, I don't think he's going to play. Um, it would be pretty surprising if he did. They just have that mentality right now of, uh, you know, he's probably not going to play. So, um, but it is what it is. We've been really lucky, you know, uh, with some of this stuff, no doubt about it, the injuries and whatnot. So we we can't sit there and be like, oh, no. Um, you know, it happens. Um, and then Harrison got another pick. Like I said, he had a nice return there. Definitely set us up close in the red zone. And that is three games now in a row he's had a pick. And that's the first time that someone had three consecutive games with a pick since 2003. That's just in the league in general. Um, so, you know, all those people that were saying, you know, down, you know, he doesn't look the same. I don't know, man. I'm not sure what it's, 
exactly your receiver there. But um, like I said, they get they gave up 137 rushing yards for 4.6 with three different main rushers. Uh, as you mentioned, Tomlinson that probably is there. Only five penalties this week. We had a little uptick in penalties, so that was nice to keep it. You know, under five would be nice. Five and down. Third quarter blues, of course, were were in effect, but um, overall, all in all, the defense uh, was pretty damn good, especially when they needed it. Um, like you said, the, the offense did have its issues with protecting, especially the two guards, no doubt about it. If you look at just some of these numbers, they had 13 tackles for a loss, um, which a lot of that is running at me. As we know, I remember Cook, I think he lost one yard, but he had juked two dudes out just to lose one yard. It was like, whoa, man, that's not a good thing. Um, but 13 tackles for loss, 11 hits on the QB. We're happy about seven hits on our side. Uh, it just, it was getting a little too much to where we couldn't move the ball. And if you get a penalty in there, it's even worse. And it's mostly coming up the middle because. Um, Darren Assad just keeps bullying people. And, you know, Neil on the other side, when he's not having a great game, he still finds a way, if someone beats him, to kind of just veer the, the guy away from the quarterback still. But when you look at, you know, we just couldn't get the rushing game going. Cook did have a good fourth quarter, no doubt about it, and made plays, obviously. But here's a stat from Dustin Baker. The Vikings rushed for 56 yards yesterday, right? So before today, our winning percentage was – Point one six three, sixteen percent in franchise history when we had sixty rushing yards or less, sixteen of eighty-two. So that's not just Zimmer uh, that you know that loves to run the ball and play defense. Um, that's just on average, which is pretty crazy. Following up with Harrison Smith, him and Devin McCourty both have thirty-three. That's the highest active in the league right now. But yeah, you know, talking about the offensive line. Um, you know, Cleveland didn't give up a sack, but they gave up nine pressures. Um, that's way too much. Uh, you know, it's just way too much. And, you know, it's going to be an ongoing thing. Cleveland's played better this year, but we do have a rookie there who, who is struggling. He's given up a total of seven sacks this year. Um, but we always say he's a rookie and, you know, he does make plays back. Now, Talking about Thielen, you know what's funny? We had a good conversation last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, during the bye week, about Thielen. But you know what? I don't think we actually had it on the show. <laughs> I kind right. of think we didn't actually talk about it, even though it was a little note. But the question that we talked about is, what's up with Thielen? Is he a half-step slow? Now, this was his first game with drops this season, so that's big, but his separation is not there when it really should be because we know most of the focus is on JJ. Um, it seems like I think it's his left knee. I don't know, but his, something's up with his knee because how many times does he go down, have to leave and come back? Is it just the knee issue where you, you don't want to take a game off because you're okay? It's just when you hit it. Or is he just getting older and, you know, it's starting to fade? I don't know. What, what do you think with Thielen? Because he's still been solid, but it seems like when we throw to him, it just seems like he's covered 
you know, and actually he has the worst. If you look at the targets through seven games, uh, he has the worst uh, passer rating when targeting him, but he has the second most targets. Well, let's just take the leave the drops out because that's so uncharacteristic of him that you know I'm, I'm willing to give up a couple you know uh, drops and just you know put that to a bad game. But I'd say overall body of work this year, you know, I really think he's banged up, and I think he's been banged up most of the season. I even if he lost the proverbial step, uh, he still catches everything that comes his way, and if he can get separation, uh, he's gonna catch it and he's gonna get some yards after the catch. So I don't know about you know losing a step uh in you know of course if you if your knees banged up and you're holding it together with duct tape you know it's going to you're going to lose a step um but i think that's the jury's out there because i i just don't really know what to think about it the drops are concerning because it's just unlike him but um you know maybe he's getting bored out there he's not getting a lot of targets like you said but you know that's not usually his mo either so I really think it's a combination of a few things, um, le- you know, less targets, a lot going Jefferson's way, um, whatever lingering injury he has. And, you know, just the, just, the, I don't really see much with the separation. It's just that, you know, he's getting what now most likely the second corner. Um, but I guess, you know, Chris, when I think about it, you know, critically here, you think about, uh, Thielen against the Saints in what, 2017, 2018, 2019. And he was burning some pretty good corners there for speed. And yeah. I haven't seen that this season. And so I, you know, there's a possibility there that, that I guess you'd say he's lost a little speed. Um, I don't think he's ever the fastest guy, but he's always crafty and he's going to make it a few more years on yeah, just got He ran a 4-4. You know, on just guile, he's going to be able to to play a few more years. I think his role might, you know, he might find him in the slot more than you than you're used to. Um, you might find another receiver drafted or or, or uh, somehow picked up. Um, but I think still in the red zone, huge. You know? Right, and I just think he's going to live off guile for a while. But you know, it, it doesn't really matter to me in in the long run about a step. Now, two steps, that's a different thing. Um, but he's still going to be effective even losing a step just because of, of, of his uh, savvy and, and guile and being able to catch anything that, that comes his way. I don't know what happened on Sunday. He didn't seem himself. I'm not going to speculate. Could be family, could be a ton of different things, could be injury. His elbow could hurt. Who knows? But uh, it wasn't his characteristic game on on Sunday. And like you said, he's still valuable in the red zone. And uh, so I guess, you know, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you. What do you think? Do you think it's a speed issue? Do you think it's a, a more of an injury thing? It's just hard to tell without knowing uh, some more information that we're, obviously we're not privy to. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you get, you know, over 30, you are going to not be able to run that four. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I do think I, it's almost positive that he is. We've seen him lead multiple games. So. There's something up with the – I'm not saying it's structural damage, but I don't think it's the But um, I just – like I said, it's a separation. Now, we did see ever since uh, Philly the bully tactics, right? And for a couple of weeks, even Jefferson was having some issues. Basically, whatnot. That doesn't seem to be as much of a problem. Um 
So whether it's they're just being extra physical, you know, with them, and they hadn't done that much in the past, for what? I don't know. Because sometimes something happens on tape, and they're like, we're going to do that for the rest of the year until they better at it. But he's just not as open as he used to be. And it's not like he's the number one wide receiver, so there's a you could say the same thing about Osborne to an extent because you're like, well, why aren't you getting a couple more catches? Some of it is, like we've said, too, with Jefferson. We're focusing so much. We have a Randy ratio without saying it at a press conference. So, you know, I, I think I think it's a multitude of stuff. Um, do I think he's going to probably well, – you kind of knew this already, that he's going to have to probably maneuver his contract in the, in the offseason anyway because of his cap numbers, but – um, I still think he's a really solid guy to have on your team as a number two, but I am happy that we have TJ because one, he can create separation. Two, he doesn't need a ton of separation. He's a big dude. We've seen him go up the sky for it, so especially on third down. So I think ultimately, I think he's just a really good receiver still. I don't think he's at that elite level like you said a few years back, um, but. You know, it's something to keep an eye on, no doubt about it. Any other yeah. from from this game or, or whatever before we get into Bills week? No, I was just going to dovetail that if it is something, you know, with his knee or something, you know, go and sit him for a week, you know. Yeah. At this I, point, you've got a nice little lead in the division. Huh? You know, if you can get him back to, to 100% in a week or, or maybe two, you know, go ahead and, and, and sit him down and get that knee right because you're going to need him down the stretch. and. You know, if it's something else, well, then it's something else. But I like to think it's that knee and, and, you know, just hearing you try to answer that question. It's really hard because it could be a multitude of things or it could be one thing, but we just don't know, you know, we have no clue as to to what those things are. And sometimes it's a accumulation of things. So um I really, because, you know, targets are a thing there too. He's not getting, Kirk's yeah. not targeting him like he did in the past. I mean, he was kind of Kirk's security blanket, but now Kirk's got a few other guys that, that he can go to. And uh, so, you know, we'll see where, where that leads down the road. We'll keep an eye on it and go. But this week in the Buffalo Bills, Chris, we just talked about the offensive line a little bit. And, you know, it's going to be a test for these guys. I, that's a, a line full of first rounders inside and out. Um, You know, our guards and our center. Well, we know the problem with our center. He's a little slight. Got a rookie guard on the other side and a tackle turned into a guard who's playing pretty well on the other side. But these guys are loaded with depth on the defensive line. High end stuff like Von Miller. Um, size, you know, we got some guy off their scrap who's starting for us and Harrison Phillips. Um, so this is going to be a test for this offensive line. And I think, um, that's my number one concern going into this game. Now I think a lot of us chalked it up as an L. Uh, coming into the season. And, you know, I think it might still be there, but I think we got a, uh, a puncher's chance. I know Vegas thinks we do. I think they got, got us by seven. I got the Bills by seven in this one, which isn't a bloodbath, but I think there's a couple factors. And I think the number one factor there that I think uh, is going to put us a little bit behind the eight ball is the, the offensive line compared to their defensive line. Yeah, it's true. Um, just kind of, Looking more into them, it's easy to know a lot about this team because they're always – not always, but they have a lot of nationally televised games. Defensively, we have to really be a high – they can give up points, but usually it's by super high-powered defense. 
call us uh, that just yet. Um, now, from the Uke, Gregory, and you could say his last name, or trust me, it's Rosu, Rosé, Roche. Um, I'm going to go with Roche. Uh, but he's he's questionable. He's actually on the week-to-week. He got a little banged up in that. So that's a long, lanky dude off the edge that, you know, um, is less of an issue. But like you said, most of it is the interior anyway. Um, and the Bills actually have had – we can – they've had problems scoring in the second half. Um which is kind of interesting when you break it down. You're like, okay, well, we, we've been there, so that's that's helpful. Let's hope they don't, you know, like we did two weeks ago and score 14 points in the third quarter. Um, but the big thing is the elbow injury uh, to Josh Allen. Uh, here's the re- report on it, two different things about it. So Josh Allen is likely to be limited this week because of the elbow injury suffered late in that loss, like just coming off a loss. And he had a stinker of a game. Like a horrible game, he said it in the press conference, and they just lost. Like the week before, we're gonna play him, which is always like, God damn it! Why couldn't he have a stinker against us? Uh, but he said basically, the report is right now it's more like a situation to monitor rather than an ailment that'll you know keep him out. Um, and someone with a little bit more background is talking about you know nerve damage and everything like that, and the range of outcomes on the functionality and severity of this, they still have to know by Tuesday they'll know a lot more. Um, uh, I mean, even not practicing all week or being very limited uh, is a positive thing if we're, you know, if we're being honest. But the last two games, they failed to score a touchdown in the second half, and they were outscored after halftime by the Packers and Jets, 20-6. Uh, to 6. So, like I said, about that um so you know if he has not a good week at practice or whatever um it is what it is now when you look at close games too start looking at some of these close games and they're in the last chunk of years they're actually not that great in one score games um in the last few years they're two and seven so a lot of times it's like you know like last year i I, I kind of did a little bit more research, and it was like a blowout, or they probably lost in a tight game. Um, so that is something to be said, you know, being that we love all these tight games, right? Um, so, you know, I don't think he's going to be out, Allen, and I do think it does suck facing him a week later after getting beat. And, you know, like we say, you know, you're good for a stinker every year. It's one of them. You have a game that's just mediocre where you miss a couple that you bad or whatever. But he did have a bad game, and it's, it's just the timing of it. And the funny thing is, if he's out, good old Case Keenum is the backup quarterback there. So we'll be on digs, right? We already have some storylines um, in there. So, um, but, I mean, a full fourth four quarters of complimentary football will be needed. And also – they're not crazy at stopping the run, right? They give up 105 a game, which is not, like, elite. But I think running the ball is going to be yep. a must. We're going to have to do some of that, whether it's a draw or just some. We, we're going to have to pick up some yards because we can't just turn into a one-dimensional team against the you know, elite-level uh, team. 
and you have to level your sorry limit their uh, possessions, and that's going to be trying to run the football. I think you keep them off the field, their offense off the field as much as you can, but you're going to have to convert third downs to do that, and you know that's that's pass protection and back to the offensive line thing and. The dig situation is, we talked a little bit off mic about what we thought might happen. Um, you know, Diggs is a master at finding, you know, holes in zones and we run a lot of zone and you don't really want to one and one him because I don't think we have a, we have a guy who can hang with him. I think Peterson's stepped slow and the other kid's a rookie. Uh, it's not looking good in that department. I think Diggs will have a big day. We can. Hope that Jefferson will match his numbers and kind of balance it out offensively. But you want to, I think, like you said, run the football in this one, eat the clock and try to get out of there. Hopefully your defense can, can play well enough to keep you in the game. And then if you need some late game heroics, like you said, they're not so great in one score games and we seem to relish in them. So, you know, get it to, uh, get it to the fourth and, and see who can win. And I don't think you're going to get blown out. Uh, I think the seven points will probably come down a little bit, but. Yeah, I mean, those are my concerns, Chris. Offensive line, uh, stopping digs, uh, and trying to stop the run too, because they could ter- turn around and try to run on us quite a bit. But, you know, I, it's hard not to like the Bills in this one, yeah. considering, you know, that Josh Allen plays. Um, I think we can beat Keenum, um, but Josh Allen's a pretty good quarterback. And, so I, you know, I'm gonna go with the Bills on this one with Allen, um, and assume he plays. And uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it'll be a 10 point win, something like that, and um, seven to 10. Uh, but I think we'll, you know, it's not gonna be a blowout, but I think they'll probably run away in the fourth. Now, like you said, if you can manage to run the ball and your game pa- your game plan is uh, focused on that, I think you can probably. Like I said, get it to the fourth within seven or three, and, and then it's a whole different whole different ball game. But um, it's a lot of, of ifs, ands, or buts there, particularly with, I think, a huge mismatch on, a, on the front. Uh, so uh, that's my call. I'd say Bills by, by seven is a probably pretty good call there, Vegas. I think that's probably right about right. Yeah, and it opened up at seven and a half. It is down to six and a half now. Um, the overrunners at 46, so I'm setting it right at like 26, 20, 28, 21, or something like that with the Bills. Uh, getting it. Like you said, the preference on on Allen, you know, you know when you have a little little nick or whatever, a little knack, like you never know. You know, you, you sock him, you hit him good, he, he lands directly on that elbow, and it bugs him for the rest of the game. He can't throw as well. I mean, not to say. That happens, but it's a, you know. yeah, it's out of conference. It's out of conference. It's on the road. If you're going to drop one, you know, you, of course you want to see how you stack up to what seems to be the best team in the league. But if you lose it, it's not the end of the world. No, not at all. Like you said, I mean, we're we aren't going to win out. <laughs> you know, we're about to get in to uh, the roughest part of our schedule here, starting uh, on Sunday. But um, you know, I would like to. I don't want to be down 24 to 7 and a half, like you said. Right? I don't want that. That would be kind of I know I like the four drives that we couldn't complete. I like that we actually had four separate drives that we were able to get back in the game, but we just didn't. So it's not like they were just shutting us down 100%. They just shut us down in that red zone. So both on the same page. 
Uh, let's hope we're wrong. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one, no doubt. Now on to Hold on, Chris. I have a question for you. Sorry, Hold on. Real quick, quick question. What are your thoughts on the league flexing the game to the night or to, to Monday? I don't know if that's come out yet, but that seems to be everybody's fears. They're going to put Cousins in prime time again. And, you know, the, how is that going to well, affect the Monday game? Monday night is the issue hmm. for that. Otherwise, he's got a pretty decent record of that. <laughs> okay, well, I just don't want, I don't want to see it flexed. I want to see it, you know, noon or three, whatever they got scheduled. It's noon right now. Yeah. I like that noon. I much more than I like a, a, a Sunday night game or a, a Monday night game. Um, when do they have? When do they have? I wonder what time they have. To, like, when do you, you know, how long do, shouldn't we know here soon? Because they got to, you know, worrying about when the game starts. Yeah, I think I, I think time in the next day or so you'll you'll know. I'm just curious because that's just been the talker I've heard. It was like, oh no, and then they're going to flex it to, you know, please don't flex the game. And um, but I don't know when I can. While you're talking, so I'll go ahead week, and try. I'm looking. actually doing it. Weeks 11 to 18. Additionally, flexible schedule for you. Two weeks. Only Sunday afternoon games are eligible to move to Sunday night. And we are not a Sunday afternoon. Well, that's good. Right, but but yeah, I don't know that. For, I'm just reading it off that. I don't I don't know the the research on that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Would you would that change your prediction at all, or you just pretty much stick with the same? No, I wouldn't pre- change my prediction at all. All right, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I don't think I think it would change mine a little bit, but again, like I can't I can't get a read on this year's squad because it's just so much different than than a past squad. So, you know, probably wouldn't change mine too much, but I think it added another wrinkle. Yeah, it adds a wrinkle, especially nationally, you know, um, because they can go right to that stat, even though they always, like I said, the Monday night one is the bad one. Otherwise, uh, the other stuff's not bad. But, yeah, that doesn't really, doesn't do much more than just change me up. Yeah. All right, so you want to talk golfers? No, nah, I don't want to anymore. I, I don't. <laughs> um, so this is a crazy stat. You know, the bikes have uh, come back from 10 points down twice now. They have four, four fourth-quarter comebacks this year. Um, the Gophers came back from 10 points. It's the last time the Gophers, in general, people want to put this on P.J. Fleck, Gillip a bull. Back to Brewster. That's what we're going back to. Last time the boat the, the Gophers won a game trailing by ten points was back in two thousand nine. Which is pretty freaking crazy. Um so yeah, they got off to a really, you know, mediocre start. We're having some problems. They were basically just selling out trying to stop the run clear as day. Couldn't really make a pay for it. Uh, uh, Morgan ended up going down. We still don't quite know exactly if Morgan's going to start this next game. But the fact that he, you know, where we don't really, it's an upper body, <laughs> an upper extremity. You know, we don't, we have, was it your head? Because you just had a concussion a few weeks. We really don't know 
what the hell the issue was. I've heard shoulder, I've heard head, I've heard whatever. But my guess is he's probably not going to play. That's just a guess, especially being that it's North. But um, the this young Greek kid, right, the Greek transfer, he came from Greece originally, right? Um, he definitely showed up. And we gave these – now, the wide receivers in the first half were dropping balls, too. It wasn't just all Oregon, right? But in the line, he wasn't blocking that well. And, and like I said, they were scheming to completely try to take away Mo. But they, they came out, started chucking the ball around, and, you know, Wright made a couple – like a great catch on third down. Went way up for it, made a couple other great catches. Um, Jackson had a really good game. Um, like in spots, I'm not saying he had a, you know, millions of yards or something like that, but he had a damn good game. And it's just nice here. This guy has gotten to start two times. One of them in front of over a hundred thousand people. The other was still like 87,000 or something like that. I liked what I saw out of this kid who we're probably dependent on beyond like a transfer quarterback coming in to start next year. So this is like, you know, a, a great, time to get him real live reps yeah on the job training you know um i'm not sure what's going on with morgan um like you said upper body injury leaves so much to be desired as far as information goes um but you know he wasn't playing that well to begin with um now he did like you said he got banged up a couple weeks ago got rattled so you know maybe there's some lingering stuff there who knows um but the new kid, you know, seems to be the future. So you find yourself in the situation. Yeah, you know, go in and Penn State on a whiteout kid, and we're going to start you. You know, a little trial by fire there and flex big words, or you got to, you know, what is it you, what is this thing about failing, something about failure and how it's necessary. And it's true. It's a true statement, but, you know, I think there are degrees in that. And uh so I thought he came out and played really well. Like you said, he kind of, got downfield passing uh, a little bit more and uh, seemed to kind of have a little more control of what he was doing out there. So I think it bodes well for the future. I just don't know how quickly they want to go to the future. I'm kind of a fan of let's let him, you know, run out the season here, but that could be a little knee jerk for me. Um, uh, I don't know what other people think, but you know, if you got to make the transition, you might as well do it. Now you got three losses you got three big games. It's kind of good to get him into the, the feel of stuff. But I thought he played well, and it certainly wasn't, you know, somebody you would go looking for transfers. Um, I think you have something there you could build with. And I just think overall this year, like the line's not as good as it was. I know we lost, lost a lot of defensive line guys uh, to transfer and so on. So I, I think it's kind of a competitive rebuild, I guess you could say, for the for the Gophers and you know, we were talking a little bit about what's coming up for them and little different scenarios of how that would uh, play out. And, and the Big Ten West is not scary as it was a week ago. There's a, a log jam at three and three and um, what we'd like to see. And I think we've been pretty consistent on that. Um, but I thought, you know, you had to eke that one out in Lincoln, um, no matter which way you did it. And they managed to do that. And uh, another one this week, you just got to get these W's if you want to uh, stay in that Big Ten West race. And like you said, there's a bunch of other things that have to happen. But 
you know, I think they're playing well enough, Chris. I think, you know, that Purdue game, had they just won that one, uh, it'd be a little, little bit different. Um, but nonetheless, they didn't and they find themselves in this position and now it doesn't look as grim as it did uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And with the kid, it's, it's an actual RPO, especially on the R part, you know, because how many times is Morgan just not keep it? He won't keep it for like six straight games. And then sometimes like in the red zone or on a key third down, he'll keep it. Oh, shit, he kept it sweet. But, you know, you should try to keep it more, dude. We need That's an RPO. It's an option. There's options for both. So this kid can do that. He can, he can move better. Um, he can he got a better arm. That's clear as day. You saw that one. A little uh, bit taller. Yeah. You know? And he can swing outside and on the run gun it in there. He's definitely not afraid to. We're probably going to have to pull the reins back on him sometimes. So that's good. So, yeah, I, I you know. Being that if Morgan's healthy, they're probably going to let him play Iowa and Wisconsin one last time is my assumption. But I would be in favor of saying, you know, it's a good, hell of a run. Thank you for your service because he has been part of bringing the Gophers football to respectability. But, yeah, I mean, it would be something if we could win, you know, the next three games or two out of three, he lose on the road or whatever talked about i was such a key thing to win this year but yeah basically there's four teams you know at three and three uh purdue wisconsin iowa and the gophers and then four and two illinois they had a chance to to lock it up period um and they lost to michigan state who had been struggling one two they had a several guys suspended that are legit dudes uh from a fight from their rivals with that michigan michigan state game I couldn't believe that. They must just be kicking themselves. But here, here's what it comes down to. Purdue has to not only beat Illinois, they also then have to turn around and lose one of their next two games. And it's like Indiana and Northwestern or Indiana and somebody. It's not – but, you know, that's it's kind of like the ACC Coastal. It's played out exactly that way where you really got to play it all the way. You think you know in week four everyone's kind of been up and down. Illinois has been the, the most consistent, but then they just lose when they had a time, you know, a chance to shut it down. So, um, yeah, it's really just get this dub. We're going to run the shit out of the ball because they give up like 180-some yards. They'll hit them with some big shots, and I think they'll get the dub. And then, you know, we'll see, you know, next week and whatnot. But I, I really think that they're going to be able to beat Iowa this year. I just think that there will be so much – built into, hey, we still haven't beaten these guys, that I think it's like a perfect, you know, tool for uh, Fleck to use as a motivation. But I'm with you. Like, if we could keep the young Greek going, uh, people are calling him the Greek freak. It's like, dude, first of all, Giannis is still in the league, so don't think that that's his. It's his. Uh, and he is actually freak. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind going with this young QB. Nothing against uh, Morgan, but you know, he's not going to be here next year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I, I hate to say that Tanner's probably – I'm not saying he's, you know, fat cat, get slaughter type of guy, but this young kid, he's hungry, you know, hasn't built his legacy. And Tanner's been here six years, for Christ's sakes. And I'm not saying he's he's lost any uh, – I guess I am saying maybe he's lost a little fire for, uh, for going out there, and maybe not. But, you know, if you're going to make that move uh, – 
which you're going to have to make some move next year because Tanner won't be here. But if you're going to make this move, then I'd say go ahead and get get him the reps here because, you know, you've got a slim shot of, of winning the West. Um, I, I, you might as well get the opportunity to, to take it. And I just think that you want to probably get him more reps and get him ready for next season. Yeah, like you said, I think you're probably right. If Tanner's healthy, they're not, probably not going to do that. They're probably going to play Tanner against Iowa and Tanner against Wisconsin. And you might see the Greek kid and, you know, against Northwestern. We'll see. But, you know, maybe he gets on a roll against Northwestern, gives you a little more confidence to play him against Iowa and against Wisconsin. But yeah, I'm with, I'm, I mean, that's, that's the way you got to go, I think, but we'll see what they do. Uh, you know, I think PJ's a loyalty guy and, and he'll probably stick with Tanner, but. I think we've all seen, we've seen Tanner at his best and, uh, we know what that offers and we haven't yet seen the ceiling for this kid. So I think we, you know, we probably are looking for that. And, um, you know, programs in a weird spot, Chris, with the NIL and everything like that. It's kind of like it could go either way. Uh, but you want to think a recruiting class will be good and everything. But yeah, I mean, Iowa, that's, that one sticks in my crotch. Just, I, I'd like to say, yeah, it's a it's a win against Iowa this year, but you know, it's never a win until Fat Lady sings, I guess. Yeah, we haven't done it right, so until we do it, I believe it when I see it. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, because um, we do have a lot of people returning next year. I mean, I am grateful that at least the youngsters have gotten some. Real deal reps. It's not the garbage time reps. Not facing second or third stringers. Uh, you know, on the road in a whiteout. Even Nebraska, they, they got a lot of pride there, regardless. Uh, and they, they got athletes. They're, they're a good team. They just, you know, the coaching hasn't been good enough for them. So, um, but yeah, let, let's see what happens. You got to beat Northwestern. And that's why it's a perfect game to let him start. If it's, you know, you should be able to beat this team, even if it's ugly. And it's you know, 17 to 13 or whatever. you got to be able to beat Northwestern during this type of game. A lot of people are talking about how close the game was, 7-0 there on Ohio State. But that was also 40-mile-an-hour gusts, um, and they couldn't throw the ball. And, uh, like, they were – you know how they always show the kickers pregame warming up in those windy games? It's just yeah. like the ball just gets grabbed down and thrown down the ground. That's what was happening. So you can't really look at that game 100%. But, yeah, I mean, they're well coached. They're not going to make a bunch of mistakes. We're going to have to beat them. So um, hopefully we can come back with the, the double dub, um, which would be crazy, Gophers and Vikings. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just already ready for the loss and, and just hope that we are respectable in that. But, yeah, it's a must win for the Gophers. And hopefully we'll be talking next Monday about some positivity. Any last words, sir? Uh, I know I echo your sentiments. And uh, I think you're right about, you know, it's a great opportunity to start uh, Calic Manis. And, you know, it'd be nice to talk about a Viking victory. I mean, that would mean a lot of things if you can go beat Buffalo this week. I mean, totally change the conversation nationally and locally. So let's uh let's hope that gets done, although, you know, our chances aren't the greatest. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it would be such a huge thing, man. Anyway, we'll be out. See you next Monday. Peace. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.